pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. And good afternoon, one and all, on this Monday, the day after. My goodness, what a storm it was. My condolences to those without power. There's nothing, simply nothing worse. Something needs to be done. I think um, tomorrow, Governor McKee is having a, yeah, I know he's having his 2 o'clock uh, media briefing. It's something I, I'd like to ask him about. It's um, it's really, as you just heard last hour uh, during our segment, Politics This Week with Justin Katz. <clears throat> Folks, it's, uh, it's very third world that every time the wind goes above 30 miles an hour, you have thousands of people that lose power. So something needs to be done. I'll tell you who doesn't lose power, who didn't lose power. And they're open right now because they're open seven days a week. And our friends at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, where right now they have farm fresh produce, delicious corn. You don't need salt or butter. It's the best corn in New England, plus zucchini, yellow squash, green peppers, cucumbers. It's Rhode Island's number one garden center, and it's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. You can find them on Facebook, and they update the Facebook page. They have everything you need. To keep your property beautiful. And folks, because of all the rain we've had, there's certainly more of an opportunity for your uh, property to look even more beautiful later into the fall. So pop in and see that more and more people are improving their property, uh, upgrading their property, landscape materials, crushed stone, scream loom, mulch, dark pine. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Well, folks, right now it is 1208 in the Ocean State. Remember, as always, you can um, visit the website, log on to Petro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. We do have um, the latest now of uh, some of the videos where the crowds are attacking the police, swearing at the police. It's so pathetic, and no one calls them out on it, except we do. But you can log on and check it out at the website, topetro.com. And don't forget our website, of course, which is um, brought to you by the Centerdale Revival. Now, they're open today. Maybe you don't have power. Pop it and see them. Comfort, food, cocktails. Stop it and see Shane Winner of Rhode Island Monthly. Uh, best of the Centerdale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Now, coming up, uh, good afternoon to everybody t- uh, tuning in on Facebook Live. We do our live stream. We were doing some out and about during the coverage yesterday, but then, you know, it turned out that, uh, and, and I think it's actually obviously a good thing that the storm missed us. There was a lot of hype leading into it, as you can imagine. And I think it's, I think some of the hype is actually getting worse now, uh, especially with the annoyance of the phone. With, um, by the way, there is a setting within your phone you can shut it off but you just go into your phone settings and where you have under notifications i was walking somebody through this uh just over the course of the weekend where you have um notifications and you can uh go into that and that's where you want to um signal and and decide whether or not you want to have you go at the very bottom of notifications at the very bottom it's amber alerts emergency alerts I'm realizing now I shut mine off as well just because it became so annoying. Public safety alerts. Uh, but those started firing off on Friday. So it's under on your phone in the settings under notifications. That's where you can um, that's where you can then uh, assign it, put it either on or off. But I thought that was um, I thought that was just way over the top. Uh, And again, compared with what we had. Now, you just did hear, I mean, Rhode Island, we were definitely in the national news with this. And it could have been a very um, severe storm. And it doesn't mean we're out of the woods. But it, it, um, you know, folks, what it did, though, is yesterday afternoon for a lot of people, the state was basically shut down and and for no reason. And it's tough for a lot of the businesses to to recoup after that. It's been... um, you know, listen, I don't have to tell you, it's been challenging for many, many businesses uh, to try to get through what we've been going through right now with the pandemic. And and then obviously, you know, the television stations, uh, everybody just goes wall to wall with it. What it really came down to was if you were way down, Westerly really got the brunt of it. Rhode Island closest to Connecticut really seemed to get the brunt of the storm. There were some other places. I saw a house, I mean, excuse me, a, um, a tree in North Kingstown. 
that you know was uprooted. I don't know exactly what happened with that. And only because we've we've had so much rain. Most of the time when they're really dry is when they become brittle. But there's no reason for anything like that. You did have some some heavy surf. I didn't think um, I don't think Governor McKee overdid it. I, I think, listen, the biggest problem is the power outages. Uh, something needs to be done about that. And I don't know exactly what the answer is. And Justin Katz brought up a, a very good point last hour. And that is the fact that you know, more and more people that realize, like, you can't depend on the state, you can't depend on national greed. Um, they can only do so much, but they say that power is going to be restored by tomorrow night. That's still a long time for people to go without power and a lot of trees down and so forth. But um, as Justin Katz said, more and more people that the people that are getting all these generators. That's why it was tough to get gas some some places on set on Sunday, because now they they fill up all the gas tanks to run their generators. So it um, it gets more difficult. There is you know there were some trees that came out, some that knocked down some poles, uh, but all in all, um, it could have been much much worse. I feel uh, terrible. It's obviously bad for the communities down along the beaches because I think a lot of people you know, then kind of get tuned out a little bit. And plus, it's going to be hot this week. You know, these last two weeks of August used to be uh, big vacation weeks. And we are a tourism state, but that was before they decided that everybody goes back to school now before Labor Day. But otherwise, there were a lot of people who would take the last week of August and then they would take the week leading into Labor Day, which are you know, the, the weather now, I mean, to, this week's going to be beautiful. The water temperature has never been warmer than it is right now. Um, <clears throat> but the early back to school and everything, it, it's hurt a lot of the businesses down there. An extra week for many businesses can can make a, a big difference or a big final push weekend or, or anything um, like that. So now it is different for different people when they go back to school but that was almost used to be a given now folks good afternoon it is monday um all in all the storm you could tell yesterday i mean the the forecasting really is remarkable i'll say that and um you could suddenly tell <clears throat> that it was veering off and not going to be as um as damaging but if you did have some water damage done Right. If you have some storm damage, contact SOLE, Soul Source Restoration today, emergency service 24-7. Our friend Mike Seepy and his crew, 401-712-2700, 401-712-2700. Storm damage, fire, smoke damage, water damage, mold remediation. Find them online, SOLE, SoulSourceRestoration.com. We have a direct link right at our award-winning uh, website, which is petro.com But they do have storm damage. Call them 24-7-401-712-2700. They also have a Massachusetts number that's also on the website, 617-247-5900. But folks, the easiest thing to do is to go to the website, petro.com and you can uh, link right through. Now, coming up at 1230, we're going to talk to, I call her hero mom, Nicole Salas. She is the one that challenged South Kingstown School Department on critical race theory. Uh, the National Education, Justin and I t- discussed that last hour in politics this week. They actually took her to court trying to sue her. She has not backed down. She was successful. She's going to join us coming up at uh, 1230. So that's a big win. She's been treated very unfairly by the local media. Very, very unfairly. She's actually been treated uh, more fear. I'd say fear on the national media uh, between like Fox News, Newsmax, um, you know, other legal insurrection and others. They have treated her fairly. Breitbart, Daily Mail, they have treated her fairly compared to <clears throat> the locals are in the tank for the teachers union. Um, <clears throat> as much as some people try to deny that, I've talked about it for years, that you have a union head. That really is trying to go after Nicole. And as Justin, I thought Justin Katz summed up very well. That what they try to do is they want to make an example out of someone. To bully someone so no one else wants to come forward. They don't like being questioned. They like having all the power. They like controlling school committees. 
And, you know, I've said for years, um, I mean, I'm friendly with a lot of the people over there, but I've never understood when Lively Experiment is a good example, where they're doing a panel on education and they introduce, here's the education commissioner, here's the head of the Rhode Island, you know, uh, the board that oversees all the colleges. Here's the college president. And then here's Bob Walsh, head negotiator for the teachers union. He's not an educator. He is a union negotiator. He's a professional union negotiator. That's what they do. It has nothing to do with education. They try to make you think it has to do with education. So what's my point? My point is he has no business being on a panel as an educator, and I know that he pushes his way in on that, but they have to stop caving to that. And the same thing, other radio hosts, and joining us right now, representing the teachers is Bob. What? No, he's a union negotiator. He could be plucked out of that and put in another union. It has nothing to do with education. They don't shape curriculum. That's not what they do. So why do you treat them as an education expert? They're not. They're not educators. And Fonte Green is an educator. A superintendent is an educator. A principal is an educator. A teacher is uh, an educator. Who's not an educator? A union negotiator is not an educator. But always they bow down to that. And, you know, I try to get along, as many of you know, folks, good afternoon at 1217. I try to, and because I see a lot of the media, obviously, at the different briefings and so forth, um, but Channel 12, I mean, I they did like an, they tried to do like another hit piece on Nicole Solace, who's a mother who stepped forward to, to question how critical race theory is being taught in the district where her child was set to attend school. And she had every right to do that. And then she was asking for information. And listen, those people are paid by public school dollars. That's who they answer to the public. Um. And then obviously she, you know, ran into a lot. They they threatened to sue her. They put her on the agenda. They try to intimidate her. They make an example out of her. That's what they do. They are bullies. As much as it's comical when they, they talk about bullying in school and, and they're going to teach the kids about bullying, they are the biggest bullies going because they set somebody up and say, we're going to make an example out of this person that no one wants to defend them, that no one wants to be them, and that they don't want, you know. It's like in the, the Western, where they have like a group of prisoners, and they're giving them a hard time in questioning. And again, this isn't the best analogy, but what do they do? They, they shoot one of them. Say, anyone else have any other questions? I mean, again, I recognize it's heavy-handed. It's not the best analogy. However, you know, it still kind of applies. They go very heavy and hard at anyone that questions them because they make an example for the rest. So recently, Channel 12 did... I mean, you could just tell it's it's union talking point phrases and talking points. And Bob Walsh is pictured a certain way. And and I. I fully get he's an intimidating presence, folks, we have intimidating people where the media, they are intimidated by people. Um, Black Lives Matter is a good example. Someone mentioned to me how <clears throat> there's an article in the Providence Journal in the, in this morning's paper, and they they're talking about this nonviolent institute, and they they quote one of the local heads of Black Lives Matter, but they never mention anything remotely negative about that individual. Such as you could put, he called a rally in March this past year, which he did, and several people were arrested for carrying handguns. That. That's part of who he is. That wasn't a long time ago. It wasn't, uh, he said, I mean, there were people arrested at the rally that he organized who were carrying handguns. So, you know, you have him criticizing the Nonviolence Institute, but he's organizing a rally and people are showing up with, with weapons, right? That's number one. Number two, it's the same individual who misled and exaggerated what happened to that family back in late June on Sale Street, where he was the one leading the media, saying the children were purposely pepper sprayed, 20 children were beaten, nearly murdered, all false. That's something that could be mentioned. You know, he happens to be the 
same person we should mention who put out false information and then doubled down and called a second press conference in July and was trying to say and misled the media <clears throat> that white supremacists were trying to light the bushes of that family on fire when then we learned it was actually a family member who was trying to light the, the bushes on fire. So again, another thing could be brought out just saying doesn't always have to, you know, if I'm going to be identified as conservative, controversial talk host, I'm just, I don't know why you don't kind of spread that around a little bit to some of the others, um, some of the other people they write about. Certainly seems a little one way, one might um, might say. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. Now listen, um, this is a perfect time the next few months really improve your home. And one way you can do that is the outside of your home, your driveway, letter J, J Perry Paving. Now, if you haven't seen it, I did put it on Facebook. I went out and filmed J Perry Paving as they were doing like a before and after with this driveway. And it came out, I mean, what a difference, folks, between the old cracked driveway they had and then once J. Perry Paving got in there, residential, commercial, seal coating, patios, letter J, J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, 20 years experience, especially in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, J. Perry Paving. Call them for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730, 401 732 They're also on Facebook. And then their website is jperrypaving.com. And remember, no one is better with veterans than J. Perry Paving. Benefits of asphalt paving, affordable, smooth, safe to, uh, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. J. Perry Paving. Call them today for a free quote. So we have Nicole Salas is going to join me coming up at 1230. Folks, I do want to play a little bit. Um, Governor Cuomo, I believe, is in fact doing a uh, farewell address But I'll probably take some cuts of that later instead of just wasting our time with a lot of his self-absorbed nonsense. Uh, But he is. His role as New York governor is now, uh, I believe it is now officially up. So, But we'll get some of that. And the problem in Afghanistan, you know, what you're seeing right now is that the media is finally waking up and pushing back against a lot of the just complete nonsense that the Biden administration um, has been has been talking about. And and I think one of the best examples was, you know, that briefing the other day, it's as if President Biden is he's not dealing in reality because what he's seeing is not what the rest of us. Right. The rest of us are seeing as far as really what's going on on the ground in Afghanistan and. You know, and there's also very embarrassing sound that we're going to play of the vice president. You know, I've talked about that. And I also I said, and it's it's not even an element to be mean, but she has the bad habit of the nervous cackle. She has the bad habit of the nervous cackle where whenever Kamala Harris, if she's not ready for an answer and they try to practice everything with her. And I also want to be very clear, folks. Um. You know, they can only do so much. And then the candidate is the candidate. And if they're trying to give her a briefing and she's not paying attention or she's not fully engaged or she's thinking about where is she going to go for lunch or on vacation or whatever she's not focused on, it's not their fault if they prep her. So they can only do so much. So you have two things that came out. One is, and as I've said, she has that bad, annoying habit, the vice president, when she's caught off guard, if she doesn't know what to say, she has this nervous habit that she laughs. And and the problem is it comes out at very, very inappropriate times like this when she's being asked about Afghanistan. Oh, I thought we had sound of that. I can see it. Oh, here we go. Oh, all right. I think see if we have it. They're doing the music montage. Let me see if they... Hold on. Slow down, everybody. <laughs> um, I want to talk about two things. First, Afghanistan. So the whole thing of the laughter, slow down, everybody. 
I want to talk about two things, Afghanistan. <clears throat> Again, there's a reason why. Why is she laughing? Why is that funny? Because the press is trying to ask you a question. It's such a bad habit that she has fallen into. It's, um, it's a nervous habit. She never got over it. Uh, it never approved in the campaign trail. And meanwhile, and rightfully so, by the way, the Biden administration is just getting pounded on um, the fact that President Biden is basically operating. And we are going to talk to Nicole Salas coming up, but in an operative world, I want to just play. This is Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday, and he cut right to it with Secretary Tony Blinking. Basically, does the president, does he truly know what's going on? Let's listen to this. That the president made that was flat wrong. Take a look. I have seen no question of our credibility from our allies around the world. I've got the exact opposite thing is we're acting with dispatch. We're acting, committing to what we said we would do. But Armin Laschet, the likely successor to German Chancellor Merkel, said this is the biggest debacle that NATO has seen since its foundation. And here is the chairman of the British Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee. See their commander in chief call into question the courage of men I fought with to claim that they ran. Shameful. Those who have never fought for the colors they fly should be careful about criticizing those who have. Mr. Secretary, does the president not know what's going on? Wow. This is an incredibly <clears throat> emotional time oh. uh, for, for many of us, uh, and including allies and partners who've been shoulder to shoulder with us in Afghanistan for 20 years. Uh, at high cost to themselves, as well as to us. They stood with us after 9-11, wow. invoked Article 5 of NATO for the first time, an attack on one is an attack on all, and we've been there together. But I've got to tell you this, Chris, from the get-go, uh, I spent more time with our NATO partners in Brussels, virtually, uh, from before the president made his decision, to when he made his decision, to every time since. We've been working very, very closely together. We've gotten the G7 together, NATO together, the UN Security Council together. We had 113 countries, thanks to our diplomacy, uh, put out a, a clear understanding uh, of the Taliban's requirements to let people sir, leave sir, the country. Respectfully, that, that, look, I'm not, I'm not questioning whether or not the allies have a right to complain. I'm not questioning whether or not al-Qaeda has a presence. The president said al-Qaeda is gone. It's not gone. The president said he's not heard any criticism from the allies. There's been a lot of criticism from the allies. Words matter, and the words of the president matter most. You know, that is um, a good for Chris Wallace, folks. I mean, being as aggressive as he can with the Biden people. But as we, we've talked about, th- this is the ongoing problem of it's it's not what did the president know and when did he know it. It's think of that. Does the president really know what's going on? Meaning, is he fully being briefed on what's going on? Because when he speaks, he doesn't sound like someone who knows what's going on. I think Chris Wallace said that very, very uh, succinctly. Folks, this portion of the program, again, visit the website, depetro.com, and it's brought to you by the Coesed Inn. A great meal is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They have a great menu, something on the menu for everyone, the Coesed Inn, and it's linked right through at our website, is depetro.com. Now, um, I'm going to get on the phone right now. She has just been um, such a tremendous fighter and advocate, advocate who burst on the scene for a very simple reason. And the reason why we even know who Nicole Solis is, is because the uh, South Kingstown School Committee decided to try to make an example of her and intimidate her. And what they decided to do was they put her name on the agenda and it was a scare tactic And the way they phrased it was, it was put on the agenda to decide whether or not, in fact, they were going to take legal action against her. So now this is the thing about their bullies and the thing about a bully is you have to call them out. And Nicole, they are not used to someone calling them out. 
And so we're going to get her on the line right now because she did have a court date uh, this morning. And uh, I call her the South Kingstown mom. Folks, joining us right now is that South Kingstown hero mom, and it's Nicole Solis. Good afternoon, Nicole. Hi, John. How are you? Very well. Listen, congratulations. This was a, a big Monday court, and I know you were waiting for it. Uh, and if you could just let people know the good news. Okay, so um, long story short, in this hearing on the temporary restraining order, the union withdrew its request for emergency relief because it was legally baseless and they had no other choice but to withdraw. And now the school committee has to continue its statutory obligations to respond to my request under APLA. And the next step will be to set this matter for a motion we filed to get the entire lawsuit dismissed. And we also want a finding that the case violated my rights to access public information under Rhode Island's anti-SLAP statute. And the the anti-SLAP statute is um, a statute that says you can't have strategic litigation against public participation, which is what we think they're doing to me. And Nicole, what I like is, you know, the union head, Bob Walsh, NEA Rhode Island, he was trying to spin it all these different ways. Oh, no, it's not her. We have to do this and blah, blah, blah. In the end, listen, you know, you are calling them out, uh, showing transparency, and, and you know, they can run, but they can't hide. And this was a big outcome. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really, I think, bold to say that interfering with my right to get information on my kids' education has nothing to do with me. I mean, that has everything to do with me, and it has everything to do with every parent that will come after me that's going to use the Access to Public Records Act to get information. So I think when we heard people like Bob Walsh talk, it was a lot of political theater. They're trying to trick the public into thinking that they are doing something in good faith when they're not. And you'll notice that um, you know, if you were listening to the hearing and you, you heard the local news about this, they're saying, oh, well, Nicole can just withdraw from the lawsuit as if you know, well, then she won't be bullied anymore. And then we can just continue on and we'll make a decision about her civil rights uh, 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 to get public information without her. And then she doesn't have to be burdened by knowing what her daughter would be taught. So it's a trick and it's really not a trick that is convincing. I'm really surprised that they were pushing, pushing that narrative so hard. You know, but look at the way they try to do it. That she could just uh, walk away. That way, she won't be bullied anymore. God, they're so condescending and smug. So condescending. I mean, it's essentially like saying, "Look, I'm the bully. Just give me your lunch money, and we yeah. won't beat you up." Yeah. You know, like, well, I mean, I don't know if they've met me yet. I mean, they should have met me like two months ago. I don't run away from bullies, especially when you're messing with my kids, and no yeah. parent is going to. Yeah. Folks, again, we're speaking with, I call a hero mom of South Kingstown, Nicole Solis, who, you know, Nicole, um, what I also find interesting is each time you go around a corner, you know, it's kind of like peeling the onion back a little bit. And you see that they go into their bag of tricks. It's all done. It's incredible what is done to try to discourage people, intimidate people. It, they are they are so used to just basically telling people we make the rules go away. You have no right to answer those ask those questions. Yeah, and what I'm discovering after going through this process is that it's really all smoke and mirrors because when you stand up to them, they kind of have nothing to pull out once you expose their tricks. Like you know, now they had to withdraw this temporary restraining order and um, you know request for emergency relief and. It's like, well, what are you going to do now? Oh, you, that's, that's it? That was your best shot? I don't know why people haven't been standing up to them all the time, because I, I think we're kind of just a paper tiger. Yes. And, and Nicole, talk a little bit about uh, the legal aspect that have really stepped up, and uh, they're behind you 100%. And, you know, that, that does make a difference, that someone does step up to then help out and defend someone like yourself. Um, you're talking, are you talking about Goldwater? Yes. Oh, yeah. So the, the Goldwater Institute is incredible. Um, they are representing me pro bono. I could have never done this on my own. Yep. This is, you know, I know I just said they're a paper tiger, but what, what is valid is the threat of a lawsuit against someone who can't afford it. This right. would have cost 
thousands and thousands of dollars, and the Goldwater Institute is doing this for free. Oh. I mean, they're they're the heroes here, and these um, attorneys that step up for parents are are really helping us fight for our rights to know what our kids are learning and to request public information, not only in school, but in government. I mean, this really has a lot, this has everything to do with just our elected officials and what they are, are doing in the legislation that they're passing that affects our everyday lives. And um, I, just, I just can't say like what a dream it has been to work with them because they are completely on the side of parents. They believe in this fight and that's really why they're, they're fighting it. So. Um, if everyone can support the Goldwater Institute, you're you're going to do yourself a favor because they're there for parents like us. You know what else, Nicole? Before I let you go, what's what's great though <clears throat> is I like how you know people something like this sparks it, and they they didn't have to put your name on the agenda. They did that. Uh, this all could have been done off the radar, behind the scenes, invited you in, everything else. Uh, they obviously completely underestimated you and your family, but. I'm seeing, you know, this starts other people step forward. And I see people in other states reach out to you. And, you know, something simple like I had someone from another state say that they used to live in Rhode Island. And they they never realized till they moved how in Rhode Island all our property taxes are included. But other states, you have the tax for the schools and then you have the property tax. But it's in Rhode Island where they combine it so then people never fully focus on how much they are, in fact, contributing to the public schools. Right. You know, it's, it's a very opaque paper trail. Um, you know, the only thing I know about what, what I contribute to my schools, I know that 80 percent, 80 percent of my town's municipal budget goes to my school. Oh. So, I mean, that's that's huge. Think I mean, of that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, really everyone has a stake in their public school because yeah. so much of your taxes go to it. And um, I, I just hope more parents keep standing up because the real important thing that happened here is that they, they try to turn, they try to keep the focus on me. Like, I'm some bad person requesting information, but by standing up to them, you turn the eye of Sauron on them and you can expose them. So I think it's going to be a lot harder for them to bully people because they're going to know that it'll backfire. Folks, again, she is Nicole Salas. Again, Nicole, great to talk to you. Keep up the good work. Congratulations. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. All right, folks, there it is, our friend Nicole Salas, right here on the John DePietro Show. Now, right now, it's 1238. Folks, remember, you can either watch on Facebook Live or you can listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Those that are towards the northern part of the state can listen in. AM 1380, 99.9 FM, although the, remember, the AM 1380 is a a flamethrower. And obviously that, you know, good afternoon to everybody listening in Douglas, in Bellingham, in uh, Franklin, in Attleboro. I get email from uh, some of our listeners up in the Worcester area. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. We start weekdays at 11. We go until 2. Again, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online, as I said, at the website, dipetro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Jamie's Power Wash. Folks, he came out. We had Jamie's Power Wash on our deck, and I posted some of the photos on Facebook. Fantastic. Maybe after the storm, you need to get a lot of that stuff blown out. He does phenomenal work. And he is so fast and he's so efficient and so professional. 401-837-4545. 401-837-4545. Jamie's Power Wash. Jay Freitas Construction. Deck Staining. Look for them on Facebook. Or their website is jamiespowerwash.com. jamiespowerwash.com. He came out Friday. Bang, bang, bang. Uh, the, the deck looks brand new. And again, I posted the photos right on the website, which is petro.com. So, folks, right now at 1240, I do want to mention that um, a couple of things. And again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, if you're listening right now, <clears throat> I'll just say this. If you don't have power, what you have to do is call National Grid. And I found them yesterday. Like many of you, we lost power. Uh, I don't know why we lost power, but we lost power. And then I dialed 800-322-3223, and they were very efficient. And then we had power restored last night. If you don't have power, I 
your whole people don't realize your whole life stops if you don't have power. <clears throat> if you don't have power, you you know you got to decide: are we throwing out the refrigerator stuff? Never mind; it's going to be very warm over the next couple of days. So um, there's a lot of things. If in fact you um, don't have power, so I'm with you. But the best thing to do is call National Grid, and they have come a long, long way. And they, uh, I found yesterday, they're very efficient letting you know when you're going to get your power back. So I want to be very clear about that. Now, I also want to mention, <coughs> excuse me, on this um, on this Monday, it is August 23rd. And again, folks, good afternoon. It's the John DePietro Show, AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I, I did get a, uh, an email of someone questioning the press. I, it, it was from another member of the media outside of Rhode Island and um, and asking me my thoughts on a candidate Trump in 2024. And I'll, um, I'll, I'll share with you with what I, I put back. And again, th- this is a story I think they're working on. Um, as many of you know, I mean, I remain in communication with Team Trump. Uh, we were certainly on the ground floor of that. And like many of you, no, I don't believe that was a legitimate election. Uh, the elections in Rhode Island, just so we're all clear, are not legitimate elections. How illegitimate are the elections? You have two people who have manipulated the voter rolls who are one running for governor and the other's running for mayor of Providence. And that is Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea. She is the best example she has personally, under her administration, completely redone and manipulated how we vote in Rhode Island. <clears throat> and voting always can be somewhat challenging, but she really, really manipulated. And as many people know, whether it was last spring or last fall, all those unsolicited mail ballots. So right now, Nellie Gorbia, does she has she been wildly successful as Secretary of State? No. Is she known by a lot of people statewide? No. Um, she's the only so far woman in the race, and they or she feels, and she's Latino, so she feels that's a plus. She doesn't have the most money. She doesn't have the biggest name recognition, <clears throat> but what she has is the voting list. She has the real voting list. And right now at 1243, 1244, excuse me, on this Monday. And, and I want you to understand. I know there are some local people. And they are supposedly trying to do an election audit. <clears throat> and they have a website up, which is like, Certain parts, check back later, more information coming, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I don't like to criticize people that are getting involved in the process. But my frustration is when I looked at it, people send it to me. <clears throat> they don't even know what they don't know. I know this group of people and they meet every Saturday. But I repeat, I don't think they don't even know what they don't know. Gorbea. It's like having two sets of books. Many times businesses will be investigated or how many people listing find out that they someone, you know, I was speaking with someone just in the past couple of weeks and I asked about a business that they, a friend of ours was involved in and they, they said that they found out the person they were in business with were keeping two sets of books. The real set of books and then the books they were sharing with their business partner. I'm telling you right now, at 1245, that exact type of thing is going on in the state. And there's two people that have that knowledge and there's two people that are looking to benefit from it. One is Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea. She has no uh, real track record under her. She's really not good on the stump. She still, she is someone she's never gotten better. This is nothing against her personal. I judge people with how are they with speaking ability and motivating people and she's just beyond predictable. She talks in the upspeak and we're going to make that better and we're going to do that again and da 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 and upspeak 
and she talks in that way, and it's it's annoying, and it's nervous tick, and she's not impressive. I know she has an impressive education, but <clears throat> but what she's got is the blanking list. She doesn't have tons of money. Magaziner's got a lot of money, right? Seth Magaziner, treasurer, he's got Ramundo's machine apparatus. But Gorbet has got the list. Like, she knows list of people that only phantomly appear on paper. So that's why she's running. The other one running is her former chief of staff, whatever, Gonzalo Cuevo, who showed up at the Black Lives Matter protest against police last Friday. Why is he running? Has he ever held office before? Not to my knowledge. He's worked for people. He worked for her. He worked for Angel Tavares. Does he have a ton of money? No. I know he's considered a political operative, but what does he has? He has the list. He's got the list. The two of them, the deceptive twins of deception is what they are. They are the evil twins of deception. Gorbea and her former chief of staff are, in fact, that's what they're doing. That is exactly why they're running. Now, I also want want to uh, once again point out that the voice you heard, folks, at 1230, Nicole Salas, it's it's hard to describe how much she is to be supported, admired, encouraged, because this is someone who is going about their life, right, trying to raise a family living in South Kingstown and just going along and like, hey, I'd like to be involved with my child's education in the community and basically like stumbled into a rigged, corrupt union ring where they felt, let's go to the playbook where we scare this person away and make an example out of them. So And the fact what has really turned this thing upside down is it's also exposed members of the media that are basically on the union payroll. Now, am I saying that they get compensated? But no, I don't mean it in that way. But they're just along for the ride. Because the unions, they will threaten action. They will. And they're very, very powerful. How powerful? Randy Weingarten. I mean, she controls Biden. She controls whether or not the kids are going back in school. We want more money. She, they are not to be underestimated. Um, But for Nicole to take that on, and unwittingly, right? Like didn't run against someone in school committee. There have been people that have also kind of stumbled into it in some ways, if you will. You know, Um, another good example to me is there were, there's two people that come to mind. One was former Mayor Laffey of Cranston. That one day, one morning, he was having breakfast at J.P. Spoonham's right up from St. Paul's Church on Broad Street. And he saw a woman standing out there. What's the deal? Who is that? Standing there for about an hour. And that's the crossing guard. And, oh, okay, there's a crossing guard. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have city crossing guards. Except the entire hour... That the mayor's sitting there having breakfast. She doesn't cross anybody. (laughs) And then when he goes back, he finds out, yeah, they get free health care for life. One hour in the morning, one hour in the afternoon. It started as a perk for whether that a mayor gave. I believe the story went to there was a police officer, a police officer who was killed in the line of duty. And they gave it to his widow to try to help her and her family. And then years later, I remember Laffey on CNN and had figured out. That they were basically, when you figure out free health care for life, <clears throat> and there was no one to cross, <laughs> which makes it even funnier. You just have to stand out there with a jacket for an hour in the morning and the hour in the afternoon. Or maybe then, maybe it's like three kids. People, kids don't walk to school anymore. Everyone takes the bus. They get dropped off. They're homeschooled. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is. But um, not only that, but he figured out it was costing, they were basically making $120 an hour. <laughs> when you figured it, and people said, well, they don't even get paid. Well, free health care for life. Who wouldn't do that? Many of them, they all held other jobs. They just worked out their jobs that 
hey, just so you know, from 7.30 to 8.30 every morning, I got to go. I'll use my lunch hour late. And free health care for life. And I mean Cadillac plan. Summer's off, holidays off, weekends off. All right, wind, rain, snow, but, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. My point is, Laffey had no idea what he stumbled into when he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he fired the crossing guards. Now, a lot of people still were very upset about that. But my point is, he didn't even realize. And then, you know, the head union guys flying in from D.C. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't fire union people. He was like, what are you talking about? It's just crossing guard. No, no, no. You don't get rid of anybody. Like, you got a first indication without even realizing. I'll save the city money. I'm not going to give them free health care for life. Get kids to do that. You get volunteers to do that. We'll pay people to do it. Be cheaper than that. So, but my point is that that's what Nicole's situation kind of reminds me of. The other one was Governor Kachiri. Governor Kachiri, who came in, thought he, you know, he's a business guy, did business with the state, but didn't really know what went on behind the scenes. Um, I also want to point out one of the reasons why I like Nicole taking out Bob Walsh was some people may remember it was December of 2010 when I broke the story that Governor Chafee had named Bob Walsh to his gubernatorial transition committee. And I made a huge story on the radio. Why is the head of a union on the governor's transition committee? This is wrong. He should not be. And after two days of really going after him, they put out an announcement that he had to have some a medical procedure done, so he was going to be unavailable the month of December, so they pulled him off the transition committee. Now, I love how the media is like, oh my goodness, I hope he's feeling better, let alone the fact the story was false. It was just a way for Walsh to, you know, grab an exit. So the vendetta with me and them started. I mean, it was never great before then, but that upped the ante, right? I mean, Walsh basically helped Chafee and then thought he was going to get have have success again, catch lightning in a bottle with Clay Pell. Bob Walsh is the one that brought Clay Pell into the race. So just so we're all clear. So, all right, he did get lucky with Chafee. He got lucky with Chafee. And the, the vote in Providence was very questionable in 2010. Because if you believe the vote in Providence, Chafee got more votes in Providence than Frank Caprio, who lived in Providence. So very questionable voting uh, in Providence for the gubernatorial. But Chafee was a stooge, and he won with 36%. <clears throat> and then, you know, it was it was very easy to see that it was a fluke and he shouldn't have been in office. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, now they're closed today, but they're open tomorrow. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Ron and Melissa, look for them on Facebook, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. The new hours are Tuesday through Friday, and they, uh, they're they back open. Ron had hurt himself, but Ron and Melissa are back. Delicious sausage and peppers, eggplant, meatball calzones, pepperoni and cheese calzones, sandwiches, pizza strips, uh, plain and deluxe spinach pies, cannolis, brownies, cakes, chocolate-covered donuts, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They're open tomorrow, 7 to 2, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Well, folks, good afternoon at 1255. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Don't forget in the shop, you can uh, great get some great merchandise. This shop, we, this uh, shirt that I have on is available um, Rhode Island assessing the damage. Something needs to be done about the power outage situation because, you know, as we've, when I've talked about in the past, um, I mean, one, one thing, I remember the blizzard of 78, like many of you did do, but we didn't lose power in the blizzard of 78. Um, it started really in the past uh, 10 years, right? Sandy and then some of these other storms when suddenly it's, um, you know, the, if the wind just goes up, 
I'm telling <clears throat> I'm telling you, if the wind goes above 35 miles an hour, there's a lot of areas that that lose um, that lose power. And it's it's ridiculous that way. So now additional rainfall possible, but that should not affect the biggest thing about national grid is they can't have wind and the wind blew out of here yesterday. I mean, last night was actually late yesterday afternoon and last night it was actually very comfortable weather. And today is it's not, you know, fantastic out, but it's it's certainly not windy. The wind is gone. That storm blew in here and blew out of here. But boy, you'd never know it. Um, If Governor McKee, I don't know if that's something that he would run on. But that, to me, should be an issue because the problem is, and Justin Katz, if you missed it, so we did uh, politics this week, and it was in the 11 o'clock hour. But one of the things that we talked about was, and Justin's exactly right, they haven't improved our infrastructure with power and energy in the state. What they've done is... They've just frustrated so many people, people just go out and buy generators. That's not solving the problem, right? That's not solving the problem. It's solving the problem for the individuals, but it's not solving the problem for everybody. So, and then Justin was also right. And then as a result of that, now the day of the storm, the day before the storm, now you start to see gas shortages because all the everyone's going out and they're filling up. So they can run their generators. So it's a, it's a major problem. It's a major problem. Uh, I think it's also really interesting. Dan McGowan, who we speak to on Wednesdays, he does have a story. So someone's got to be first. But the Gloucester School Committee, they're scheduled to meet an executive session tonight at 630. And they're considering litigation against the State Council on Elementary Education regarding... Uh, the this whole business that that you have to have a mask, and I want to see how that comes out, because because as I've said, folks, this whole false narrative that they push, where you know, and that is a Dr. Scott thing, by the way. She's big on the whole equity thing, equity across the board. Everybody's got to be treated the same. Equity. You treat Gloucester the same way you treat Central Falls. Folks, as many of you know, what's very unfair about that, as Justin touched on, is it's been proven the reason that COVID and the variant is spiking up is you have so many of these people coming in from Central America. And why is it that you're going to force people to get the vaccine? You're going to force parents to make their kids wear masks in school. And you're allowing all these people to come in illegally from Central America. And then they're spreading the variant. And Dr. Scott would say, no, it's got to be about equity and everyone's got to be treated the same. And you don't differentiate. But that's not true. You know, the, the, the variant is much worse in the urban dense areas. It's not like that out in the suburbs. So, but that's what we kept hearing repeatedly last year, the mantra of equity and we got to treat everyone the same and blah, blah, blah. Even though you're then allowing these unvaccinated illegals to come into our area and then they're just spreading and spiking the variant up for everyone else. All right, folks, next hour is radio only. We're going to get into more about Afghanistan. The uh, And I will talk about President Trump as well. It's John DePietro. Let's get the latest right now with the one o'clock news. The power hour is next.